Hello team, and I have to give a shout out to the new one and only HREFs who are now the sponsor of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. It's one of the websites I open every morning when I do my focus work to grow fame and BCAR. So what I want you to do is go to hrefs.com, find their webmaster tools. It's completely free. It does three things for you. It's going to monitor the SEO health of your site. It's going to tell you when you get backlinks and it's going to tell you which keywords are bringing you traffic. Again, 100% free. Any B2B marketer must have this in their marketing arsenal. So go and do that now. hrest.com forward slash webmaster dash tools. The prerequisite of successful ABM is having a small but very well-defined ICP, which consists of the buying committee, right? So you know exactly what roles you're going to target. And two more important things, account qualification and disqualification criteria. Andre, great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for inviting me. So I think we met when you invited me onto like a big conference you're doing. Do you remember? Yeah, exactly. I think it was about B2B marketing, right? Yeah. So it's our annual full funnel summit and it was our first edition. When was this? Yeah, it was 2020. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And the thing that got, well, not the thing that got me, but the thing that I was very impressed by is that after you collected home addresses, I guess, of your speakers, and then you sent stuff. Yeah, that's correct. And I remember, because it went to my parents' house, because I don't think I had a, like a real address at the time, and it went to my parents' house. And because I don't really think my mum knows what I do. And so she was quite impressed that somebody like sent me a little gifts through the post to do with work. So thank you for that. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> and so what I want to cover today is a few things. Like I've been following your LinkedIn for a while. You write awesome, like super high value posts that are getting like very awesome engagement. And so over the discussion, I want to cover your views on ABM and demand gen, which I think is what you guys do at Full Funnel. And then I also want to dig into your sales and marketing process for Full Funnel to understand what you're doing there and what is working. And I think that should give us a pretty good episode. So I want to start by asking what the difference is or what you think the difference is between demand gen and ABM. I think... First of all, this is a wrong statement that we can say demand gen versus ABM. It's like discussing all the time inbound marketing versus outbound marketing, demand generation versus lead generation or ABM. This is absolutely wrong from my point of view, right? Why? Because let's talk inbound, right? If you want to run just inbound marketing, pure inbound marketing is not predictable. Nobody can predict the flow of revenue or, let's say, sales qualified opportunities with inbound. And you can't control the quality of leads and opportunities that are coming, right? And also, let's look at outbound, another extreme. If you do just the sell function, if just you are doing, if you are running only outbound activities, then you are dealing with miserable reply rates, you hurt your brand, right? And I remember as one of when we were running our research for CXL about the challenges that B2B companies face on this marketing, one of the guys mentioned like, you know what's happening with outbound? I'm thinking about this as the flood of COVID-driven desperate marketing attempts that are currently run by everybody in our space. And that's the problem, right? Because 
with pure outbound, you play the game of volume, the game of numbers. You don't have any personalization. You just need to reach out to as many people as possible. And potentially, if you'll be able to capture the demand, right? If you'll be like it, then you'll get some opportunities. That's the problem. That's why I believe in full funnel approach, right? Or what we used to call, we're just kidding, saying that it's all bound marketing. Why? Because let's look at inbound part. And this is where if we look at full funnel, right? Top of the funnel, let's say awareness, demand creation and demand capturing. You can't generate demand until you'll create awareness, right? Nobody is going to buy from a random dude or from a random company, right? So first you create awareness, then you create demand. We are not talking about activities or channels, whatever, right? It's just the logic. Then you need to capture this demand. And it's especially important if you are selling high-ticket products, right? So you need to capture the demand, then you do the activation. And most companies stop at this point. They sell, they mark deal as phone, and they forget about these clients. They have semi-passive client success approach where they send these generic onboarding emails, product tour videos, and NPS. And that's it. But this is not really a client success. The client success is all about making a great use case. Because if you don't have a great use case, how can you expect referrals, word of mouth, all of that stuff? How can you expect that you'll be able to publish a new case study or you'll get a good testimonial? And the most important thing, how are you going to expand the business with this existing client? How are you going to upsell if they are not satisfied, if they are not getting maximum from your product? So then we have client success and then we have expansion, right? And this is so logical. And that's why I'm saying there is no lead gen or demand gen. And also there is no demand gen or ABM. I mean, we can call these operations just to let's say, identify different functions inside marketing function, right? But we can't say that demand gen versus ABM is the same. Like if we look at football, we'll start discussing who is more important, forwards or defenders. Got it. And I really like the simplicity of going from all the way from awareness through to like expansion. That makes total sense. Okay, instead of asking, because clearly you didn't like that question, instead of asking the difference between ABM and demand gen, I'd like to ask you how you would define ABM. Yeah, absolutely. So ABM is an individual approach to a specific account. I There are like, basically, if you look at ABM classics, you'll hear that there are three tiers of accounts. Tier three accounts, companies with the lowest revenue potential, then tier two companies with the medium revenue potential, and tier one companies with, let's say, the highest revenue potential. So when it comes to ABM, you can work only with these first two tiers, tier one and tier two, which stands for one-to-one campaigns if I'm going to sell to you, to Tom, right? And one-to-few where we have a very well-defined ICP and then we identify accounts with that are in a, like, they have, they're currently in a typical situation with typical goals and needs. And then we can personalize for this small group of companies. And when it comes to tier three, and this is what most companies are doing, right? This is still mass marketing. I don't believe in this approach. I mean, I'm not believing calling this ABM, uploading, let's say, 1,000 accounts to LinkedIn and cover them with, prospect them with ads. And then when somebody clicks the ad, you sell this 
so-called lead to sales, and then sales need to follow up. It's not ABM. This is what most companies are doing. This is just standard mass market. So ABM is, let's say, I'm going, I know I did account research. We can touch them later, different tactics, right? But let's say I did account research, and I know that your company potentially might have a need and interest, not in my product, but a product similar to mine that solves these specific issues. So my next step is basically create individual demand. It means that your company would love to purchase my product. So the way how I'm going to do it, right? First of all, I need now to create awareness. So awareness, generally speaking, lots of companies think about that we need to create account awareness, but not companies are buying from companies, but people buy from people. So we have the buying committee. If we are selling to enterprise segment, we'll usually be dealing with like at least four or five people, at least, right? And this is so-called buying committee. We have so-called champions, people who might be searching for our product, who will be negotiating with us at the first stages. Then we have the decision makers, people who approve the deal, right? Then we have the influencers, people who might say their opinion about your product and the blockers, people who are not interested at all at printing you or purchasing your product. Now, our goal is creating awareness among these people inside the buying committee and later create demand. This is, let's say, this is the right definition of ABM. And now you clearly see that it's not demand gen versus ABM, right? And when next step is defining engagement threshold, what should have happened that will tell us that this company is engaged and is ready to be activated, right? And when it comes to activation, it's all about 100% personalization. Now, I won't be saying that at Full Funnel, we help B2B companies, or basically we train marketing and sales teams of B2B companies to generate enterprise opportunities with Full Funnel ABM operations. But I would say that to company X, right, we can help to go from SMB to upmarket in Nordic's region to, let's say, generate enterprise opportunities in fintech segment, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I'm diving into like account needs and I'm personalizing my approach. And the next step is when you have the core of your pitch of your presentation, right? Is tailoring it to every specific role. Because if you're a marketer, you might be, your performance might be measured by marketing source revenue or by leads or by whatever, I don't know, right? So my goal is to personalize and tell you how exactly you'll benefit from this, right? So then the next step is personalizing my pitch to sales. While we'll be talking with you about how we are going to create more sales qualified opportunities for sales, about marketing source revenue, to sales, I would tell that you'll be talking to target decision makers that are already aware of what you guys are doing about the value of your product. And they would be interested in talking with you, right? And this is basically what sales team wants, right? So for Decision makers, of course, will be talking about financials, right? About the bottom line. So we'll make a basic forecast. We'll explain how it will influence sales pipeline velocity and revenue, et cetera. And this is exactly what is account-based marketing. Just wanted to give you a very precise example. Got it. So if I really wanted to simplify the definition of ABM, could I say this like marketing and demand gen combined with sales activity in one? Exactly. Okay, got it. Awesome. 
And so at Full Funnel then, if I come to you and I'm like, I don't think our ACVs are big enough to do ABM, would you just like say, okay, that's fine. We would just do demand generation. Yes, absolutely. I believe that you can do it. I mean, if you are selling low-ticket product, you don't need to do account-based marketing. Can you define low-ticket? Low-ticket, it's above, well, let's say it's smaller than 10K. Cool, per year. Yeah. In which case, maybe we should do some ABM then. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's say we had a 30K per year service and we came to you and we were like, we want you to help us sell more. Would you then recommend that we would try some ABM? You can do, I mean, the question is if there is an opportunity to your market to buy this package, right? If there are enterprise companies that are interested, or maybe mid-size, not about enterprise, but mid-size, right? That can buy your product at 30K per year, then absolutely. All right. And what would be, uh, and I don't want you to like share all the secrets, but what would be the first thing that we would start doing in order to build an ABM campaign that could be effective? No, I'm happy to look. So the first step is basically narrowing down your ICP definition, because one of the most common mistakes is saying that we want to target startups from North America. Then you are done. The prerequisite of successful ABM is having a small but very well-defined ICP, which consists of the buying committee, right? So you know exactly what roles you are going to target. And two more important things, account qualification and disqualification criteria. So when it comes to account qualification, you are going to analyze, it starts, the first step is analyzing verticals. So you are going to, we have created scorecard for us, right? That helps us to basically evaluate different verticals and focus on specific one, right? Because first of all, it's when we look, let's say at ABM, we start narrowing focus from vertical, then to accounts, and then to the buying committee. Okay, so can we go get specific then? So let's say, let me know if this is specific enough. So it's a head of marketing okay. at a B2B SaaS company in the UK that has greater, have between 200 and 250 employees. Is that specific enough? That's fine for this, let's say, for this segment. Ideally, if you would identify sub-segments, SaaS, then you break it down into FinTech or, I don't know, MarTech, sales tech, et cetera, right? HR tech or like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because again, I don't know about what specific service we are talking right now, but because different industries might have, let's say, different maturity when it comes to product adoption, right? They might have different needs, different goals, etc. So that's why we are doing this. Okay. So in this case study, then it's a podcast service. Okay. And all industries like have the same maturity. Uh, not really. I honestly, I don't agree with this. You challenge me. You would challenge me on that. Yeah, I'm challenging. I would say that if you'll talk to people that's cybersecurity space, they would be very hesitant to join your podcast. IT space, unless you have software development or whatever, right? So, or SaaS products that are dedicated to IT teams, right? Then it would be very hard to get these people. Let's say HR tech, HR SaaS, and let's say the buying committee is, there's just one other person and that is the CEO. Yeah, then it's fine. Okay, what's step two then? Yeah, so step two is basically what I mentioned, account qualification and disqualification criteria. So you could mention, I mean, it's always unique, right? There are no standard qualification criteria. So it could be the marketing team size, the yearly revenue, the marketing budget, the technologies they're using, if they are working with agencies or no, you define. The only way to define this qualification criteria is analyzing your top customers from this specific sub-segment and running customer interviews. 
Now, the second step, which is even more important, is disqualification criteria. So basically, when it comes to qualification, it's a set of criteria that you can apply, let's say, on Sales Navigator, right, and immediately build a list of accounts. Now, when it comes to disqualification, the most important part is what else might tell you that this account is not going to buy from you. So this is really, really important. What might be a red flag, right? So just to give you an idea, recent example I'm thinking about our recent customer when we did this exercise. So it's a software development company. And we just did an analysis of very good prospects, basically prospects that fit qualification criteria, but the deal was lost, right? So one common pattern was that somebody from the buying committee, doesn't matter which role, but somebody from the buying committee who is coming from ex-Soviet countries, basically it became a disqualification criteria. Why? Because usually these people have a strong network of developers in these countries and the rate of developer is lower. And then you end up with endless negotiations and basically they ask you to reduce the price and then you are going to nowhere. So this is a practical example, right? That's step two. Step three is defining already engaged accounts, which means that you need to leverage at least one source of intent data. Whatever you want, website visitors, LinkedIn engagement, if you are doing like any sort of engagement, you could use like services like mention.com or Bombora, like there are multiple intent data vendors. Yeah. When you say website data, you mean we find a provider that will tell us domains that are or IPs of companies that are visiting our site? Yeah, exactly. So lead feeder, Albacross, Clearbit, so these sort of things. Okay, cool. So so there's website data, there's LinkedIn engagement. Are there any other intent signals? Yeah, I mean, there are multiple of them. But when you are doing your pilot campaign, you just need to stick to one. It makes no sense, you know, to overwhelm your team yourself with multiple sources of intent data. Okay, so let's say we using one of those providers and then we identified seven accounts that were qualified that had visited our site. What next? Yeah, so that's exactly the part, right? So these are fundamentals, but lots of companies are skipping these most important fundamentals because if you'll have, if you'll add already engaged accounts, accounts that are already aware of what you are doing, the chances that you'll win the deal or your performance rate would be much better. So... The next step is running account research and buying committee enrichment. It's not about collecting, you know, this technical data like team size or whatever it is, right? Something that you can get from Zoom Info or whatever, LinkedIn. It's about identifying the account needs, goals. So you are looking for press releases for all media mentions. Maybe if you have common connections, you are getting insider information, etc. So your goal is to understand where your product fits when it comes to the needs and the goals of this specific company. That's the first one. The next one is doing the same, but for every buying committee member. The example that I mentioned before, right? So now we are not selling to company X, but we are selling to Tom, to Andre, to Vlad, and somebody else. And we are going to do the same. This is what I mean by buying committee enrichment. So you start running the research, but for every person, I'm checking, I can visit your LinkedIn profile, I can see your 
KPIs or OKRs, right? If you are sharing something, I can see what you are talking about. So all these insights, I can see if you have been featured at different podcasts or blogs, whatever, right? And my goal is now personalizing my proposal for you. That's the step. So my idea, first of all, I need to validate and I must be sure that there is a good fit, right? On the surface. Next step is doing the warm-up campaign. So how can I connect with all buying committee members, not only me, but my ABM team? How can we make sure that we are connected with the buying committee members? And how can we create or how can we warm up? How can we connect with these people and make sure that they now know about us, about our value proposition? And this is the next, the second important part, right? Because without warm-up, you can do a creative outbound campaign, which might work, but it won't work in the long term if you'll only rely on just creative, personalized outbound. For the biggest accounts, you definitely need to have this warm-up campaigns. And there are multiple, like multiple, not multiple, but there are some campaigns that work really well for us. So it could be like podcast that you're running right now, and it would be personal one-to-one connection. Could be any sort of content collaboration with this specific account. Could be one-to-one webinar or maybe offline event. Right now, we are back more or less back to normal, so we can come back to offline events. And this is what we are just experimenting right now for fullfunnel.io. So individual events could be collaboration, let's say, with a well-known thought leader. But again, for this specific account, if you are talking about demand generation and I'm talking about ABM and we want together to sell to, oh, I want to sell to company X, let's say to Microsoft, right? So I'm creating this personalized pitch and then I'm saying, hey guys, and I have partnered, maybe I'm going to pay you, right? And I'm saying that I have partnered with Tom and we are going to run this personalized workshop for you guys if you can bring these people, something like this, right? Or could be offline event, whatever. So it's like some kind of value add thing that isn't a pitch just to get them aware of you. Yeah, also full funnel summit where you gave keynote. That's also a kind of warm-up program because then you can, again, bring some target accounts to the stage, right? And you deliver value upfront, but Behind the scenes, people only see the surface, the wrapping, but the most important things are happening outside of behind the scenes, right? Because you'll be meeting with multiple people, you'll be talking, you'll be able to present yourself, etc. So LinkedIn, thought leadership and social selling, another part of the process. I'm just naming a few, the way how you can be doing this. Just before we go to the next step. Back to the example then. So we're selling the podcast service to the head of marketing at a HR SaaS company with 200 to 250 employees. So a warm-up event example, maybe like co-hosting a webinar about selling, about marketing HR SaaS, like me and that person, right? We would co-host it, we would get everyone to come, we'd build a relationship. That's one option. Option number two, for example, you're going to, let's pick up my company as your prospect. That would be easier, right? So how could you create demand for your service? Let's say you invited me to a podcast, something that is happening right now, right? I chatted, you presented your service, etc. Now I'm aware of you and what you guys are doing. Next step, you could do like a kind of, depending on, on what's included in the service, right? But you could create like a 
kind of complete post-service program. So you create the clips, you start sharing, you start distributing, you collect the stats. Maybe you can ask me, you can create UTM, right? Map UTM links. And then you could ask me, could you please share with me the stats because I was promoting this stuff for you. I want to see by channels and maybe if I'm using domain reveal software like Albacross, could you please share with me which accounts visit it? It's just for me, right? Not for you. I just want to see how well it worked in terms of bringing ICPs to your website, not just generating, I don't know, thousands of visitors, thousands of visitors, but how many targeted accounts have visited your website and what was the engagement. And that's the way. And based on this, what I would be doing, right? I would create a case study saying, hey, so we did this for fullfunnel.io, right? And in two weeks, we were able to print them 150 target accounts. Five of them became MQLs according to their definition of 50 of them, doesn't matter. Two of them asked for the requested for their services, etc. And then you just describe the entire case study, leveraging the insights from this interview. And then you just reach out to me and say, hey, so I just created this one. Would like to hear what do you think about this? Is it something valuable? Would you like, would you be interested if we'll continue doing the same for you? Right. It was just a pilot campaign, but we can do it on scale. Would you be up to discussing it with me? And even if I'm not interested, right? I might say, because I saw that you did a tremendous job, I would say, you know what? I'm running, I mean, maybe not the ICP that you mentioned in our example, right? In my case, you know, I'm running the community. I might say, yeah, but I'm happy. I'm not interested, but I'm happy to introduce you to my community, right? Or maybe print you to my podcast and discuss this on my podcast. But for the guys who are not in this space, they just, believe me, if I was now a VP of marketing, a head of marketing for this specific sub-segment that you have mentioned, these are exactly my OKRs, my KPIs. You just did what my board members are expecting from me. So what's the point? And you're already doing this. You already proved that you can deliver. I mean, I can't say for everybody, right? But there are very high chances that I would be up to it. Okay, so that's the warm-up campaign. Yeah, but I also shared with you a kind of activation part, right? So activation part in this case would be collect and create in this case study. And how could you dive deeper? Let's say, just to give you several examples. So then you ask me some stats, right? And then you create this entire case study. You promote it and then you reach out to me and say, hey, so I just created this ultimate report. Maybe ideally, because now I'm your champion, right? You could ask me like, I would like to see, I would love to just to track your pipeline velocity. If you mind to share with me, I mean, that shouldn't be precise for now, right? But if you can share with me your ACV, your traditional one rate, and how many SQLs you are generating per month, plus your sales cycle length, I would love to see how that can might impact your sales pipeline velocity and your revenue, right? And based on this, you can create a forecast. And you say, okay, if you'll continue doing this, this is how your pipeline velocity and revenue trajectory looks like. And we can play, we can increase, let's say, the, or we can shorten the sales cycle by targeting specific accounts, or we can increase the win rate, or we can increase SPLs, and this is how it will change. What do you think about this, right? Would you like, I have some very decent ideas how we can do it. If you want to go to activation part, 
Then on the podcast, on the podcast, I would ask a couple of questions. What's your strategy? What are your goals? Whatever, right? And then I would use this in the case, after the case study, I would just create this personalized speech saying, hey, Andre, you mentioned this and that, right? And you shared with me this metric. So I played a little bit with this pipeline velocity calculator. And this is how I think we can help you to increase the grow revenue. So we can help you with by we can help you by increasing sales qualified opportunities that you're generating per month. This is how it might happen. We can help you to shorten the sales cycle. This is how with this specific activity. This is my forecast. Would you be up for a quick chat where I can explain more and we'll see if it's something that might really help you, right? That's the first thing. This is exactly the activation. And you already have a relationship with me. So the chances that you'll get a reply, I'm not saying positive, right? But the reply are really, really high. And if I'm not interested, at least I will give you a very good idea why I'm not interested. And this is really important because now, based on this feedback, right, you can improve your disqualification criteria. Samson said, Samson told you that my company might be interested, but I'm saying not, and I give you a precise reason. So you add it to disqualification criteria, and when you build a new list of accounts, you'll be better. You don't include companies like mine. And okay, so just to clarify, so the warm-up thing is basically, if something value add, we're going to do it together, but it's going to basically make this person aware of me. And then the activation is I'm actually going to do some work for this person to ideally get them some results or show them that we can get them some results, custom just for them. And then I'm going to reach out and be like, hey, this is what I think we can do. And like do a little pitch essentially to find out if they are interested. Yes. And this is exactly what ABM stands for, because what I mentioned in the beginning, it's one-to-one solutions, right? That's why I mentioned it won't make sense if you have a low ticket product, right? Because it requires work. But let's say if your contract value is 100K, 50, starting from this point, right? It totally makes sense. So the point is you mentioned, right? Do some work. Let's say in cybersecurity space, it could be threatens audit something like this hey so we just did a quick check well can we go back to the yeah podcast example so i think it might be like if they don't have a podcast yet maybe we could like write out like a strategy doc with some competitive analysis about a podcast they could do and we send that to them absolutely that's one idea so it could be podcast strategy let's say you can say look i have analyzed your space i have analyzed all of your competitors nobody is doing the podcast and or there are only two companies that are doing this. So I did an audit and I reviewed these two companies. These are the pros and cons of their approach. And I have one idea, how can we beat them, right? These guys are not doing this and that. And we can do this, 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 and that. How does it sound to you? That's one idea. So what's the worst case of this approach? Because I'm saying this because my approach is always having plan B in the pocket. What is the worst case? Worst case is the negative reply, right? I'm not interested. But what can I do? I can immediately repurpose this piece of content and publish and promote it and maybe reach out to these two companies and saying, hey guys, I was doing this analysis, just was thinking that it might be valuable for you. Boom, I'm connecting with the bank committee, right? Got it. So, <laughs> so even if the target company is not interested in the work you've done, you can repurpose into a case study and you've had to target other accounts. Absolutely. Just to give you an idea, again, coming back to demand generation now, you did the vertical analysis, right? And you can say, 
Okay, so I have analyzed 100 companies and just realized that 80% of them are not running podcasts. 10% of 20% left, they just have three or four episodes. The frequency is like one episode per month. And I'm going to, I have completed my research and I'm going to run the webinar where I'm going to present the numbers. And this is for this specific ad tech or whatever it was, HR tech segment, right? And then you do like say manual outreach to the guys. Of course, you can talk on LinkedIn about this. You can connect with these people, but then you do just personalized, you send personalized invitations. So I just wanted to invite you personally, join me and come. And then you have, you send this, let's say the recordings with the slides, you know who clicked, who engaged. You can go advanced and do what we are doing with the content hubs to track the content consumption but to identify engaged accounts, right? And then you just do, you are doing the follow-ups or again, doing a kind of activation plus personalized features. So up to your sales process, of course, but just to name a few activities that you can do. And then I see the key thing here is that from all the activations, you're either going to move people into the sales process or you're going to learn about disqualification or qualification criteria. So the next time you go round, you're going to get a higher conversion. You nailed it. Nailed it. Awesome. So that was good. I mean, we spent most of the time going through this one ABM like case study and example, but I feel like it was going to be valuable because I've never kind of thought about this or done this before. Is activation, is there another step after activation? Obviously, you mentioned like once you do sell a client, you need to like make sure they're successful and then get a case study. But before that, is there anything else? Before, no. So we touched, I mean, we have covered all the steps. So after the activation, right, there is one specific rule that we always apply to our clients' businesses. Never stop nurturing. Because if you did the research and you knew there is a fit, even if you have, I mean, if there is obvious disqualification criteria, that's one thing, right? So you just forget about this type of companies. But there are other things. The time is not right. I mean, just because you are selling now, it's it doesn't mean that they have a need right now, but this need might occur in three, four, five, six months. So that's why you should never stop nurturing. It's not about, you know, because when I mentioned nurturing, people immediately start thinking that it's all about automated cadence of emails. <laughs> not really. I mean, it's all about this non-sales touches where we'll stay in touch with you. Something like you mentioned in the beginning, this like kind of personalized gift, right? Plus, thank you note. It's all about chat and continuing engagement, tracking the news about your company, about you, about other buying committee members. And now this is why non-sales touches, right? Just to make it clear, because I'm not going to pitch you every Saturday saying, hey, Tom, did you change your mind, right? <laughs> Maybe you are going to buy my service right now. No, it's not about this, but it's all about continuing the relationship. And every time you hear anything about you, about that company, you use it as an engagement-based trigger. So, which means I'm saying, hey, you know, saw you at, let's say you were featured at CXL. Awesome job. Now, how it's going with your business, right? Are there any other, like, let's say media that you are interested in? in to be featured, right? I can help with this or something like this, right? That sort of thing. So you can always leverage this and continue being in touch, inviting you to my events, whatever, right? All of these things. Andre, this has been an absolute masterclass in ABM. You're clearly, this is clearly something that you are passionate about and love talking about. Thank you. <laughs> it was my pleasure. 
So if anybody listening, if this has been interesting to you, I would urge you to go and connect with or follow Andre on LinkedIn because most days he is adding like very lengthy, detailed, valuable posts about this stuff. Obviously, we'll link below so you can just click on the link and connect or follow Andre and also check out fullfunnel.io, right? Yeah, that's correct. Cool. So that will be linked below. Now, the second half of this interview, I was planning to understand how you run this kind of stuff for fullfunnel.io, but I think we're going to have to have a follow-up to go over that because we've run out of time. But Andre, I want to thank you so much for coming on and like just being so generous with like the wisdom that you've obviously been building up about P2B for the past few years. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me. It was a great chat. So hope it was full of details so some folks can learn and apply. And thank you so much for listening to the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. I also want to thank Andre for coming on and sharing all of that wisdom about ABM. I didn't really understand what ABM was, but now I kind of do. And Andre just gave a lot of information, a lot of detail about how you can potentially do that for your business. Now, of course, if you have any feedback, add me on LinkedIn. It's Tom Hunt. Send me any questions you have through direct message. And of course, if you have some time, please go to Apple Podcasts, search for Confessions of a B2B Marketer in Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review and follow if you haven't already. I'll start reading out reviews at the end in outros of the show going forward so you can get some exposure for your brand. So ping me on LinkedIn with your the name of your brand and website and I'll give you a little pitch in an outro in the future. Thank you for listening. <laughs>